0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Axe on KOJX LP Flagstaff. You're listening to The Axe on 107.1 FM radio. I'm one of your co-hosts, as always, Brendan Morton. Joined with me to my left is my other co-host, Kristen. How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing well, Brendan. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing fantastic. And, of course, per usual, we have a guest on tonight's show. Uh, he is a writer for the Lumberjack. He covers a lot of our NEU football content, writing previews, writing game recaps. He does it all evan mcnelia welcome to the show thanks for having me y'all of course always a pleasure uh thank you so much for for taking the time to talk uh neu football and as well as some other sports as well so let's just jump right into it neu football evan you got to cover not only, you, not only did you get the preview of the game at idaho uh, this past weekend you got to cover it for, as well for the lumber for the lumberjack uh if you want to read that recap go on to jackson.org uh for that but any did come with up with a huge win by the score of 38 31 it was a close one went down to the wire uh a huge win for anyU especially coming off uh being shut out against sacramento state the week prior um and it's certainly a much needed victory to sort of renew their hopes uh in terms of potentially getting a a, a postseason bid at some point but evan you know like i said you previewed and covered this game for the lumberjack what did you see in this one uh what were, what were your main takeaways
2: I mean, I think the biggest t- takeaway for me personally was I was surprised to see Idaho air the ball out so much. You know, they had their quarterback back healthy. And so they came out with an entirely different game plan than what I think most coaches and what most followers of the Big Sky were expecting out of that team. You know, they I believe they passed the ball over 40 times on the day. Um, they they came into the game with only about 140, so total pass attempts on the season, so you know, definitely a surprise there. And I think they had to adapt and adjust to that. And you know, they came up with some big plays in the defensive secondary that ultimately sealed the game for them with a uh, Morgan Vest's uh game ending interception.
0: Yeah, definitely. Morgan Vest. Uh, we talked about him on the show that once again winning big sky defensive player of the week for another two interception uh two interception game. Uh Kristen, how about you? What were, you? What were your thoughts on this game overall?
1: You know, I think the Lumberjacks Ended up playing a good game. I thought Idaho challenged the Lumberjacks in ways that, you know, kind of people expected. Um, a lot of people thought NU was going to lose to Idaho. Um, so the fact that they were able to win is huge in the momentum for the rest of the season. I think there are some sloppy plays on NU's part. I mean, you had the long snapper, Justin Hat, who basically almost risked the entire game for the Lumberjacks forcing D.J. Arnson to take a knee. Um, Luckily, like you said, Morgan Vest, big asset to the team right now. And I think without the defense in this game, honestly, the game wouldn't have been much different. I think both defenses for Idaho and NAU were not really present. I think it was a very offensive-heavy game, which honestly kind of makes it a boring football game in my opinion. I think towards the end of the game, the defense started picking up. The game became a little more competitive, and I think NAU, we've seen this team before. We've seen them play games like this, so I think it was a good win for the Lumberjacks. However, I don't think they were the best team we've seen them be on that field.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would agree. It's it's tough when Idaho, which is one of the worst teams in the Big Sky, you give up 31 points to them. That shouldn't be the case. You should not be giving up 31 points to a team like that who has had. Plenty of quarterback issues in terms of injury. You know, Mike. Uh, even going back to last season, uh, Mike Beadry has been had been hurt, uh, and I don't think he played. He had played the week prior, um, so I think that's a big concern. I think it goes back to, of course, he gave up 44 points to Sac State the week before. He gave up, I believe, it was 35 to Southern Utah. Those, uh, you know, those two games, particularly Southern Utah and th- this past one against Idaho, those are we should not be any should not be giving up 31 points uh, to those teams. I think it's very concerning, especially looking at their their schedule coming up. They have two really tough uh, matches against ranked FCS opponents. This week they have uh, UC Davis at home, and then the week after that it will be their senior night against Montana. Um, so I, I don't know. I think a, a major bright spot is the offense. Uh, obviously, Kevin Daniels, once again, showing up on the ground. Once again, he won a co-offensive player of the week uh, as well. Um, so, you know, Evan, we will go to you now. Is with Looking at what Kevin Daniels has done, uh, this year you know it, looking at this game he, he rushed for 177 yards it could you point to him as sort of the main asset for the team I know RJ Martinez had a decent game as well but is is Kevin Martinez or excuse me Kevin Daniels uh, the reason why NEU is able to have the success at the time
2: I definitely think so you saw um, he kind of lacked production in that game last week against Sac State and they put up a big zero on the scoreboard so I think, and I'm a firm believer in the fact that you need to have a good rushing attack to set up the passing attack for an offense. You have to make a defense respect your rush game. So they can't just sit back and coverage an entire game. And that's where RJ has been able to really succeed is when they do have to bring up those extra guys in the box. And he's able to find those guys open in one-on-one coverage deep downfield to open up the passing game. There's just... What Kevin Daniels has done, I mean, I think he's averaging over a hundred yards per game on the ground right now. It's incredible, and that kind of production for an offense, and that kind of rushing attack for an offense, just allows everything else to open up. And in almost every win we've seen this season, Kevin Daniels has been a major focal point in the offense, and has shown up big in the stats sheet as well in terms of offensive production and yards for them. You know. And also, I feel like a couple of weeks ago, they started getting him more involved in the passing game too. something. He's don't he's just a bell cow guy. You know, they hand it to him. He could just carry the rock over and over and over. But as he continues to develop within the passing offense and as more of a complete back, I think he could be one of NAU's superstars for years to come.
0: Yeah, definitely. You mentioned, you know, he is the bell cow guy. He only had two receptions for seven yards um so i mean it's it's still an option that he's able to do he's able to to pass or able to catch the ball Um uh, but yeah he's clearly you know they're bona fide running back um but n- now i'm kind of curious because like yes any you should be the superior team uh but uh, idaho did out outpass them him in terms of yards mike Beadry had 100 or 306 yards compared to martinez's 238 um so i think there's that's played a big part in how close his team was and yeah there were a lot of mental uh mental errors here um the the for the the strip sack fumble um, that Martinez lost, you uh, clearly on a broken play that was certainly a huge part of it. Um, obviously, the, the long snap that were, uh Aronson had to take a knee, making sure he did, he, he was able to get the ball it was tough. Those are all mistakes that c- will cost you games, especially against these big teams uh, that they they have at the end of their schedule. Um, so I don't know, Kristen. I don't know what your thoughts on. How can any of you sort of limit these mistakes? Because it were these kind of mistakes that, frankly, cost them an FCS playoff berth against Weber State last year.
1: Yeah, I think, like you said, they're kind of just like mental errors. They're mental mistakes that these players have done these passes and these runs and routes multiple times throughout this season. And you know they fumbled certain things this game, and you know that's just something that you can't do. So I think NEU needs to look at all of the members of their team and look at who they have that they're not utilizing their full potential. I think Matthew Kempton, he's a huge player on this team. He's being looked at by the NFL. He's huge in size. So I think utilizing him more, I mean, he got a touchdown this past weekend. Looking at him, looking at Colmano and looking at Kevin Daniels, like not overworking these players to where those mistakes are happening. That could be what happened with RJ. I mean, they're relying so much on RJ. And you don't want to switch the quarterbacks in and out, obviously, but still don't have RJ run so much. I mean, we've seen that with every single quarterback on any U's team. They like to run. And yes, the run game is important. It's not going to help you win games if you can't make it. So either run it if that's what's working, pass it, do something to maximize on opportunities instead of making those silly mistakes.
0: And I think we also saw Coach Ball and that coaching staff finally adapt to the skills that this team has. They finally made some gutsy calls. That fake punt called, where uh, Harrison B. Miller was able to run for a 50-yard oh, yeah. touchdown, huge. That was honestly what made that game for N.U. and allowed him to take control. Um, other plays, that, like especially that that one arm catch that uh, Coleman Owen had to get the to get N.U. to uh, score that winning touchdown at the end, absolutely huge. Those are the big picture plays that we know all these wide receivers and not only uh, Coleman Owen, but Hendrick Johnson, Jamal Glaspie as well. We know they are capable of making these plays and especially with not having Stacey Chukwomsey there for the remainder of the year, we, we've seen these receivers step up and we've seen finally some gutsy calls knowing with any, you knowing the limitations they have, knowing that Luis Aguilar hasn't had his best season, although he's been more consistent as of late, we do, We now know that, you know, despite the error, the long snapping error, uh, that Justin Hat who had, that's a very big rarity. That's something that's never gonna happen. We know what that the combination of who and arntzen can do. Arnson, you know, FCS punter of the year last year, he's gonna he'll kick it for around 50 yards every punt. We finally saw got got to see the team operating under its strengths and not operating under its weaknesses, playing their own game uh, against a team that they knew they were projected to be, but at the same time, as great as the defensive stats were, I mean, like I said, uh, like we've said, Morgan Vass, two interceptions, he had 10 tackles. Um, Tristan Vance had a great game as well, 15 tackles. Um, you can't get you should not be giving up this many points uh to to a team like this. As you know, uh, clearly Idaho had a huge change in their strategy. It's something you just gotta be able to adapt to um going forward. And going forward against Montana, hugely defensive team, a team that, you know, can can lock down teams like NE who've already been shown that they can be locked down. Uh, you know, UC Davis, a team that's been very good, although they, their one loss to Idaho State was very concerning, especially how, how big uh, how how big of a win for that, that that was for Idaho State. But, any you're certainly going to have to try and learn learn exactly what those strengths are if they want to have a chance of winning those, because if they don't win, they need to win out at this point if they want to have a chance of being ranked and going to an SES playoff.
1: I agree. I think one thing to get your guys' opinion on is both. Well, two things. Carson Taylor on the defense had a lot of mistakes this game, which we haven't really seen from him this season. So, seeing those mistakes from him, like, what do you guys think happened with him? And then there's another call where Tristan Vance, a play was being questioned, and Tristan Vance stood up to the ref and was like, You have it wrong. Do you think players should do that, not do that?
2: I mean, when they were as bad as they were on Saturday, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't feel like the big sky officiating has been a. Great this season, I don't think it's been necessarily good. I think there's more flaws in their calls and whatnot on both sides than good calls being made that actually benefit the game and keep players safer and you know enforce the rules of the game in like the right way in perspective, you know, so I mean, no, as a player, you can never do that. You can never get up in a ref space you can't they're they're not gonna agree with you anymore by doing that, so it's kind of pointless. To say but like at the same time you can kind of understand where the player's coming from with that frustration if they feel something's being called when they don't necessarily see it as being there
0: yeah and i think it's also just a big personal milestone for for uh taylor as well with him you know now mm-hmm. he's the he has started the, mo- the most games in any history at this point so not to say that the, those emotions got to him but i i think it, i think it's just a matter of you know maybe being a bit excitable at certain times i don't think that that was that big of a deal with
2: him i talked to him earlier in the week about uh him playing in his 47th career game and he said that like it was cool and all but he seemed very business as usual so i don't know if like there was that much like emotional roller coaster going on as much with him sure personally
0: yeah yeah and i totally get that he's you know when you've played that many games you certainly got on under the routine that hey it's just another game and, you know, as, as great of a, a player he is, there's got, there are going to be mistakes. And thankfully, you know, players like Morgan Vest and Tristan Vance were able to pick up the slack in that point. And I don't expect that to really be a problem again. Um, the, these next teams that they play against, um, I mean, I think UC Davis is probably the, has the strongest offense out of, these, out of the three. Um, and I think being able to have that and sort of ramp their way down. Um, you got Montana, who's a very good team, but I think they're more defensive oriented. And, of course, they finished the season with Cal Poly uh, on the road. I think it's a it's a perfect storm of, you know, they have they have the strength of schedule to make an FCS run. But at the same time, they have to you have to utilize that opportunity because these next two games are, are going to be very tough. And it's going to be something that will be quite interesting to see how any handles them in uh, going forward, especially with uh, practice coming up. Of course, how what kind of different looks do they want to do? What exactly do they want to focus on? Because, you know, there are a few things that they can focus on but at the same time. Uh, They are playing solid quality football, and it's kind of hard to to sort of determine what it is they exactly need to change.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think both points are, you know, players... Tristan Vance is a very vocal player, so I think that's why Vance felt the need to correct the refs. (coughs) And even the announcers in this game were making a lot of mistakes on air, saying they they were surprised the Lumberjacks knew how to play in a dome, when the lumberjack sta- with the Sky Dome is a dome, so there was a lot of mistakes. They did correct themselves. As
0: as much as you know, I respect the work that broadcasters do. I think, particularly with Big Sky games, they're, they're you know you you get you you're gonna get what you're gonna get in all sports. there are gonna be mistakes. We um, we've seen that. We've seen a ton of mispronounced names. I have seen. Stacy Chuckwemezi, as a pronunciation. Oh, that's, that's a common they
1: one. They called
2: them um, the punt touch, the punt touch, the fake punt touchdown. Uh, Keandre Woodtii.
0: I uh,
1: heard yeah, that because yeah, it was the same number.
0: Yeah. They, both B Miller and, and Woodtii have have the same number, but yeah, no, that was a not, lot
1: of people were not happy about that.
0: I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure I wouldn't. Be, it
2: takes would be a, a, just a second of research to see which player it is.
0: Yeah, it just takes a quick glance. So, okay. um, I don't. So yeah, and it's you got to know that yeah, Keandre is was a is a quarterback and that would be an interesting move for a quarterback to make uh an interesting play there but uh yeah i don't just see that with, particularly with you know injury his injury history recently and just he hasn't played at all that they would run that play specifically for him um yeah. in that case but yeah i mean you know mistakes are going to happen hopefully that you know you'll, they all learn um then you know we'll maybe see some more quality broadcasting as these you know these a lot of them you know for football it's usually like adults but yeah. we'll see a lot of graduate students for other sports like soccer or like volleyball. No, that's a, I think that's a thing here at NEU that they're they are younger uh broadcasters, but you know, we'll just have to, you know, you just have to hope and you got to kind of do your own research at that point and see um you know, so you got to know what what exactly is going on uh, in that respect. Um so unless anything is any anything about football, uh we can move on.
1: Does anybody have any predictions for the game?
0: Oh, that's right. We can, we have. Yeah, I forgot. Um so they play against UC Davis. I think they're currently ranked at number 8 in FCS. As much as, well, as much as an upset would be great to see. I do think UC Davis takes, has the upper hand in this one. I mean, they're coming off um, a good amount of wins. Um, obviously, again, the Idaho State games are only blemish. I'm going to say I'm gonna say it's a, a kind of a defensive battle. I'll say that UC Davis wins by a score of 34 to to 20. Yeah.
2: And for me, uh, real quick, but if it's cool with you all, before I get yeah. to my prediction, I just want to highlight two more players who I feel like we yeah. didn't talk about. Kieran Clark played a great game on the mm-hmm. defensive yes. end back end, multiple big pass breakups and uh Therese trainer for uh, Idaho, you know, he torched us a little bit. He uh, had a great game, but he'd been injured. He came back and he came back in a big way for them. And then just the way that the team's been using Drayson Hall with Kevin Daniels kind of becoming the bell cow back using him more as a slot receiver and also in the passing game out of the backfield. I just, I think I just wanted to commend the team a little bit for uh having that insight and like, I don't know, that adaptability to be able to move Drayson around to still get him used because he is one of our better playmakers on that offensive side of the ball, even though Kevin Daniels has stepped up as the true running back. But um, my prediction for this weekend's game, it's going to be tough. I mean, ranked opponent. I mean, I don't want to say never just because we saw what happened against Weber State last season. So we definitely like if we're playing our best game, we have the guns to keep up with these type of teams. But I think it'll come down to a 31-20-ish UC Davis victory.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think UC Davis will take it. Um, I don't know. I think NU might surprise fans and have a higher score. But I think I'm also kind of feeling the 30, maybe even 40 for UC Davis to a 20, (laughs) pushing it 30 NAU team.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, NU gave up now upwards of 30 points to its previous it's past few uh uh teams that it's played against and they're not particularly high in big side standing so I mean 40 is not uh, a tough one uh to predict but anyways uh let's quickly get into NEU volleyball before we move on to our next topic you know we kind of ran long on football there but you know there's a lot to talk about with football uh NAU volleyball of course they're in the middle of their season the season kind of ramping ramping to a close they have four games left uh over these next few weeks and We said it last week. I think we said it the week before. We'll say it again. NEU once again split the weekend going one and one. But this time in a different order. Um, NEU on Thursday uh, played against Eastern Washington, a team that they swept 3-0 just a month ago. Um, And this one was a tough one to watch. NEU taking the loss to the Eastern Washington Eagles three sets to one. Uh, Eastern Washington had one of their hitters, I think it was Lindsey Russell, uh, win a a Big Sky uh, Player of the Week honor as well, mainly because of that game. Uh, a huge one for big sky uh standings overall i think neu currently sits in sixth uh, in the big sky standings um however from the way it looks from the way it looks and the way the math is done does look like neu volleyball has at least clinched its spot in the big sky tournament so a huge huge uh you know milestone for them there but kristen going on to this thursday thursday game very quickly losing a team to a team like Houston washington who's below them in the standings a team that they had beaten before you know, what, what exactly could have gone wrong here?
1: You know, it's kind of hard to say what went wrong for the Lumberjacks. I think when I've seen the games, they're starting to look a little worn out. I think the players, one thing Coach Murphy does is when he sees a player he likes, that player is in, that player is starting, they're not coming out of the lineup until someone proves they're better. However, Those players aren't coming out. Lila Hollis went out. Morgan Gatmeyer stepped up and is great this season. She's even outscoring Taylor Jacobson, who normally everyone sees as the top player on NAU's team. So I think putting Morgan in when Lila went out was a huge step. But now Lila has not gone back in, and Morgan has stayed in, but no other players are being rotated in and out. They're starting to get tired. I think when you lose... Um, when you start the game off strong, there's a different mindset. But NAU just did not start the first set against Eastern Washington strong. Losing the first set, coming back in the second, but then losing again the second too, it's never easy for a team and especially the Lumberjacks, I think were just not all there on Thursday. I mean, it looks like they regrouped and gathered for their second game of the week to take home the win against Idaho, but I just don't think they were all there on Thursday.
0: Yeah, uh, I would just quickly say this. Um, I think a lot of it was that Eastern Washington was targeting specific players. I think uh, Millie O'Ketter had a uh, an uncharacteristically tough first half of that Eastern Washington match. They were targeting her quite a bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of times she they caught her flat-footed. She did pick it up a little bit in, in the second half of the, of the match, but, but by then it was too late. Eastern Washington had gone on a huge run. Um, but Evan, going to you now... Obviously, you know, NEU, once again splitting a weekend. They, they've kind of solidified themselves. As hard as it is to say, they're kind of a, a at this point an average, maybe slightly above average, big side team at this point. And with how much that the standings have been fluctuating now, what do you, what could the ceiling be for this vol any volleyball team now that it has four games left in its schedule? I
2: don't know. I feel like uh, I I've only caught a couple of volleyball games this year, but um, the fact is is. If you get hot at the right time, you can go on a run anytime, especially in a sport like volleyball. I feel like it's similar to soccer in the way where you can just kind of catch a rhythm with your squad and just get rolling. So if NAU, especially with how much you say the rankings have been fluctuating and whatnot, if they can catch fire here a little bit towards the end and get things rolling, um, there's nothing getting in their way of a big sky title.
0: Yeah, definitely. And Kristen, like you mentioned, Morgan Gatmeyer has really stepped up she had 15 kills in both these matches. That Those tie her career high uh, in kills. And clearly, she has, she, she, has, she shows no signs of stopping. And it really leads to the question of now, will we see Lila Hollis in not only just starting line, but will we see her play another set this year? And I think that I think that it's t- getting to that time where they need to start showing new looks. They kind of did that uh, a little bit last week. They, they started Nishay Newton for Savannah Bloom for a couple matches, but then they quickly switched that back. Uh, now, Savannah Bloom's been starting... But yeah, it's just got it's it's about finding those different looks. I'm not you know I'm not sure exactly how they can do get it done. But looking at where the Big Sky is right now, weaver State had won ten Big Sky matches in a row. They were on a 22 uh, set winning streak, and they had just gotten they just got swept by Sacramento State uh, on Thursday, which was a huge upset in the Big Sky. And then not only that, uh, Weaver State also lost to Portland State uh, over the weekend as well. And now Portland State. Is tied with Weaver State on the top of the standings, but Portland State has that tiebreaker. So now after a huge run that Weaver State in, they're no longer in first place uh in uh in the standings, which could bode well for NEU in terms of seating, in terms of matchups. You know, last year NEU played Weaver State in the semifinals, and obviously that was a poor matchup. Uh, you know, maybe if there's some fluctuation there, NEU can get can match up with a team like uh Portland State, which did beat them, but it was a more competitive match. They can match up with a team like Northern Colorado, who has shown glimpses of, you know, have had a very strong start of the season, but also shown ups and downs as well. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see uh, this week. Uh, volleyball does have a, a good slate of, of some of games uh, in their final home stand at, at home I uh, pl- I believe on Thursday. They'll be playing against. Uh, let me just check this right here. They will be playing against the Southern Utah Thunderbirds, who so they be uh, in a sweep earlier in, last month. And then they'll be finishing off their home schedule on Senior Day against Sacramento State, who, like I said, beat Weber State and have also beaten big teams like Northern Colorado. They beat Boise State uh, in there as well. They beat Portland State, so obviously a huge uh, match there. Anyu earlier in the month beat Sacramento State three nothing in Sacramento State, which was like for the first time in many many years that they were to beat Sacramento State on the road. So I think Anyu has has the has the, the the tools and the potential to sort of make that ground back up. But again, we'll have to wait and see. Once again, NEU volleyball is in the Big Sky Conference Tournament. That is official. However, we don't know where their seating is going to be yet, and that's going to play a big role. Agreed. All right, with that, let's quickly get into another topic before we go to our midway break, that being NEU cross country. We talked about this a little bit on the show these past few weeks, but NEU cross country doing what it does best, and that is winning the Big Sky. Both the men's and women's team took home the Big Sky Championship title during the big side championships in Portland, Oregon, uh the men's team being being able to retake that that trophy from the Southern Utah Thunderbirds who took the big side championship last year and the women retaining that same trophy with huge showings from on the men's side Drew Bosley and Nico Young and on the women's side Taryn O'Neill once again another individual win. So, very quickly, Kristen, what are your thoughts on on NEU cross country and there, once again showing their dominance?
1: I mean, I think it's great to have Not necessarily one of what everyone thinks of the main sports at collegiate level. So I think having the NAU cross-country teams dominating consistently year after year shows that NAU athletics does have potential and it looks great for the school. However, these players and these athletes are insanely talented and capable of so much. So seeing them get this victory... It's rewarding because I know the girls struggled last time. The women's team struggled at their last invitational. So to see them come back and have this power to them, it's incredible. I mean, I think it's a great way to, you know, just get further into a great program here at NAU. I think the cross-country team is a close-knit team and a very focus-driven and not just on cross country, they bond, they have all these different accolades to them that I think just helps prove that they are people to not be messed with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean we've seen NEU produce Olympic level runners and, and athletes. And something we got to see this these past Olympics with uh we NEU had uh Luis Gravala um get in there and make it to the finals, and I believe it was the five thousand uh five thousand meter. Uh, he had he he actually had a personal best in that run uh, there, but you know we saw in the rankings. I've talked about this uh, in the before on the show where uh, I don't know what is the deal with the the national and co- national coaches poll where even after wins, any uh, women's cross country seems to still find a way to fall in the in the rankings. They started the season in twelfth and now they're in nineteenth. I think we saw a little bit of some a shift in that. Any now uh, women's women's cross country as, I believe now fifth in the mountain region, which is a spot up from where they were last week. So what we'll, we'll just have to wait and see once the full coaches national rankings come out, I imagine any will make up a few spots there, uh, especially with whatever happens in the other conference uh, conference meets as well. Um, I believe it was in the SEC meet that Arkansas, who was ranked number 15, won it and they beat number five, Alabama, uh, on the women's side. So I think we're going to see a big shift there. Uh, but Evan, quickly to you, just, you know, having these these athletes, these runners and you be the best of the best, they're perennial big sky winners, they're perennial national championship contenders. How, how big of it is, it, is it for the program? And how much of a relief is it knowing that uh, on the men's side, they were able to re- reclaim that trophy?
2: I mean, I think it's huge because I think, um, you know, we're up here at 7000 feet. We should be the best at this. We have the best training in the world. Olympic athletes come here to flagstaff, to train, to live life at 7,000 feet. So I think it's a big deal that we not only have these Olympians coming out of the school and appearing in the Olympics, which I think is great for the program and great for our runners, but also getting that trophy back and be showing that we are the ones who are dominant in the big sky because we know how to train the best. We're the best prepared and we're going to show up and we're going to run better than. Any other school on any given day, I I think it speaks true to the Lumberjacks and to the NAU. And I think them having success only like Kristen was talking about, like that only makes everything else in the school so much better. Having a successful sports team, regardless in which sport it is, elevates all the other sports around you, because you don't think every other team at this school is looking at the cross country team like oh they're the best in our conference we should be the best in our conference too i i think it's contagious and i think it can be great for the school and i'm excited to watch us keep growing here over the years especially as our cross country program continues to flourish
0: yeah absolutely again huge props to drew bosley who wins his second career individual big sky title he won it in 2019 uh, and Taryn O'Neill who does the same thing as well. it here, I uh, believe this is her second individual win as well. Before we go to break, we're gonna really quickly do jump in to our segment Jacks Jeopardy because you know I think it would be weird to go to break, do Jacks Jeopardy, and go to break again for our next guest. So we'll quickly quickly do it uh, right now with Evan before he has to head out. So, with that being said, uh, Kristen, would you like to start off with your questions?
1: Sure. So with any volleyball that we just talked about. How many sets has Aubrey Banfield played in her entire career at NAU, and which year was the highest amount played?
0: So, in her whole career, how many sets did she play?
1: Yes, at NAU. Jeez. And I will give a hint. Two years were above 100, and two years, including this year, have been below 100.
2: Okay. 327.
0: Okay. I'm going to say... 345.
1: Oh, you guys undershot. It's 382. Wow. Close, though. You guys got pretty close.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess the season is kind of cl- coming to an end, so I guess that number is a lot higher than that Wait, be.
2: and then what year was the most?
1: Yeah, and what year of her season had the most?
0: Sophomore. I agree. I think it's her sophomore year.
1: It is her sophomore year with 124 sets played. Her least amount was last season at, was 61.
0: Yeah, because okay. last season was a shortened season. So that makes a lot of sense for sure. Uh, How do you? All right. Back quickly to my question. Uh, oh, let's go into the football first because that's what we talked about. Uh, so obviously we know the quarterback situation here at NEU, RJ Martinez. But before RJ Martinez, before the new of quarterbacks, we had a quarterback by the name of Case Cookis, who had a, a long and luxurious career here. So I thought it'd be nice to say uh, a good t- bit of trivia for those listening. So what is Case Cookis doing right now not right now as in at this very second but what is he doing uh where is where has you know his life landed him at this very moment i see we have two students in the audience raising their hands <laughs> uh, no, i we'll get, let's, get, let's get let our guest evan uh answer this one cuz i know he's really tapped into nau football hey
2: case cookies is up there in the cfl now with the edmonton elks um playing some con- cfl football representing nau
1: after being on like five nfl practice teams for one game
0: (laughs) yeah yeah we talked about it before he had that one handoff for the raiders in preseason uh he went on drafted in 2020 got signed by the giants for their practice squad has jumped around and played team uh, played on rosters for the broncos like i said the uh, The vikings the vikings when they had their covid situation with uh, uh Kirk cousins uh so again huge congratulations to him hopefully he does very well and flourishes there in the cfl so uh very quickly, uh Kristen, would you like to go into your second question?
1: Yes. So this is a throwback question for the NAU men's basketball team. What happened after head coach Mike Adris quit unexpectedly? What happened to the Lumberjacks season?
0: This is such a <laughs> random question. How dare you? <laughs> I like
1: I like to throw mix in some so random questions. What
0: so what happened to their season?
1: How yeah, what happened
0: I'm gonna guess they went winless
1: after?
2: No, did they go on to win a championship? I'm going to go the entirely opposite (laughs) direction.
1: So, um, Coach Murphy, our current, or our previous coach before, Coach Burkhardt, took over as head coach in April of 2012 after a disastrous season in which previous head coach Mike Ades resigned in December and the team lost 16 games.
0: Wow.
2: I was (laughs) wrong.
0: It's all right. I, I like the shot in the dark approach. I like it a lot. Um, but yeah, I think I, I got a chance to speak to, to Shane Bercard, uh last week. Uh, be, I'll have a, a, a men's basketball season preview coming out for the Lumberjack uh, late th- later this week. But yeah, I think he, I think he has a, a good a good tap of what's going on uh, in in that program, and I think I expect some big things for that for that team. All right, and let's get into my final question before we head to break and introduce our our new guest uh this one goes uh goes to a topic that we'll be talking about in the next half of the show that being soccer uh the big sky tournament starting uh, on wednesday Uh chance for neu among other teams to win the big sky and play in the ncaa tournament so with that being said when was the last time neu soccer won the big sky tournament
1: Um,
2: i'm gonna take a shot in the dark here again go for it 2013
0: 2013 okay mm. Kristen.
1: I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say – I'm going to take a real shot in the dark and say 19 –
0: Oh, God. Yeah.
1: (laughs) 75.
0: 1975. I think I'm wrong. You are wrong. It's actually 2014. Uh That that was the last time any won the postseason championship. That year, Montana was the number one seed. I believe Northern Arizona was the number four seed in that Uh year. So that goes to show that any, any team is capable of winning the big side tournament. And we'll get into that when we come back. Uh, Evan, thank you so much for, thank you guys so for much. being on the show. You're welcome anytime. Where can people find you at? Um,
2: find me on Instagram at Evan.McNelia on Twitter at EvanMcNelia. Just first, last name. You you should be able to find me.
0: <laughs> and of course, just like always, you'll be having a preview uh, for...
2: Uh, and check out my work on the Lumberjack.
0: Yes, absolutely. You'll have a preview on the UC, uh, UC Davis game as well. He'll be covering that uh, for the Lumberjack as well. All right. With that being said... We'll be right back with a brand new guest after the break. All right, and welcome back to the Axon KLJX LP Flagstaff on 107.1 FM radio. Uh, once again, it's Brendan and Kristen, and we brought uh, in a new guest for the second half of the show. A guest you may be familiar with. He is the KJAC Sports Director. as well as the Assistant uh, Sports Editor for the Lumberjack. Will Hopkins, welcome back to the show. Thank you for
3: having me. Ooh. Thank you for having me. That sounds different. <laughs> hey,
0: with the, with the K Jack booth, you have no idea what it's gonna, what you're gonna have. Hey, could get uh, lemons, could get limes, yeah? could get an apple. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but today, let's have, let's find a a good, a good balance, a good fruit salad. Uh, in the, in this. <laughs> um, let's start off with, uh, we kind of, uh, projected it, uh, a little bit, uh, in the first segment. We'll we'll talk about soccer, but before we do that, let's quickly go into Jacks Jeopardy, uh, with Will. Um Kristen, would you like to start off with your question?
3: I have Google open. I'm ready for this. <laughs>
0: uh no, sir. Google's not allowed.
1: <laughs> um, so I will do my volleyball question. How many sets has Aubrey Banfield played in her time at NAU? And which year has the highest amount played?
3: It wouldn't be last year because they yes. had the non-conference or they didn't have a non-conference schedule. Um
1: I can give you a hint as well if you need
3: one. Wait, wait, so how many sets?
1: How many sets in to- in she's total. played in total in oh her four years at NAU. <laughs> Um
3: This is tough.
0: Keep in mind, this is Kristen's question, not me, so you can blame her.
3: I'm going to go sophomore year for the most. And then I'm going to say. <sighs> Do you want a hint? Yes.
1: <laughs> two of her years here at NAU have been over 100 and two have been below 100, including this year.
3: That's good, because my guess was going to be like <laughs> 130 or something. <laughs> okay. <good>. Um, <laughs> Uh, we'll go, we'll go 306 and her sophomore year as her most played.
1: So her sophomore year was her most played, but you undershot and it's 382. Holy
3: yeah. wow. Yeah.
1: Your yeah. guess was 130, you said, uh, my guess, or my, was going to be 130? It was going to be like somewhere in the 130s. <laughs> uh, her sophomore year, she had 124 sets played alone. Yay. <laughs> hey, I go, did there's, a thing.
3: There's something. There is something.
0: All right. And I'll go into one of my questions uh before we start talking about any soccer and I'll make it in the, the any soccer question. Uh in that case. Thank goodness. Yeah. You you'll you will you will be fairly familiar with this. Uh so again, like we said, Big Sky Championship getting underway this week. Um so with that being said, when was the last time any soccer won the Big Sky tournament? 2014. Oh, let me finish my question. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh good job. It was indeed 2014. do you know who who was the regular season champion
3: uh <sighs> I want to state Northern Colorado. It was actually Montana. Okay. Do you know, well.
0: what, do you know what seed NEU was? I believe
3: NEU was the three seed.
0: I think they were the four seed.
3: Ooh, okay. So, uh, hey, all that matters is that I got the initial question right. <laughs> you I'm got, happy about that.
0: Yeah, you got the initial question before it was even a full question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways, well, it's
3: Jeopardy. I buzzed in. That's true. I had to buzz in really quickly. I didn't hear
0: a buzzer. Well, there are some, there, we, should, we should incorporate
3: we that. Should, should Casper over at the other mic was looking real. They knew. So I had to come in early.
0: Yeah, Casper's a little late. Halloween was yesterday. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that being said, let's actually finally talk about NU soccer. It is postseason soccer, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and the Big Sky Tournament now getting underway uh, on Wednesday, bright and early 10 a.m. here. Flagstaff, local time, we the number three seed Northern Arizona Lumberjacks. will take on the number six seed Sacramento State Hornets, as we had said last week on the show. And now it is official. That will be the matchup, the first matchup of the tournament. Uh, in Greeley, Colorado. This will be a rematch of a match of the game that happened about a week and a half ago where NEU beat the Sacramento State Hornets in double overtime, 3-2 uh, there. Uh, Northern Colorado did not end up winning the regular season champion, championship. They have the one seed. Montana will have the two seed. The winner of the Northern, Northern Arizona Sacramento State game will go on to play the two seed Montana on Friday, also bright and early at 10 a.m. Flagstaff time. Uh, so... Will, you being our guest, you being uh super in tune with the NEU soccer team, the three seed. How 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 are we feeling? How are we feeling about the matchups? They play Montana if they win. Uh where where do you see this playing out?
3: When they got off to an O and three start, they would have felt pretty good about the three seed. Yeah. The, the, the fact of the matter is this team underperformed really early in the season and near the end has kind of figured out exactly where we expected them to be, which is in the title conversation. Now, did we expect them to be a little higher in that title conversation? Absolutely, they won the preseason coaches poll. So, looking back on the season, we're pre- I think Nau has to be pretty happy with the three seed. They turned it around at the right time. There was a moment there where I know you and I were talking, and it was just we were sitting there like, "Are they even gonna make
0: that <laughs> was the, tournament? Yeah, I remember having that conversation with a few people about how we want to c- cover that for the lumberjack, and then I told him like, "Hey." They're going to be in there like they'll be maybe we're not going to get a buy, mm. but they're going to be in there and they're going to be competitive. And everyone's like, wow, really? Yeah. After the start where they had 0 and 7, uh, including 0 and 3 in, uh, in conference games, yeah. we all remember that GCU game, which I think was a real, uh, a real blow. To the, the, to well, that was the moment that
3: it kind of got put into question for a lot of people. I think I, I will put it on the record that I did ask Coach Lowe after that game, is it time to panic?
0: Yeah, And, I that was you great. know,
3: she handled it the way she should have, saying it wasn't. Maybe a little bit. It may Maybe it was time to make a change, which she obviously has done. Sid Dennis has started playing a lot of defense. The NAU offense looks completely different in terms of their strategies. So this, uh, this NAU team does look a little scary, and I'd be taking note because none of the teams – I covered the Northern Colorado game, mm-hmm. and I'll be frank with you. NAU looked like the better team in the first half, and then Northern and then Northern Colorado came out, matched them in the second half, got a mid got a goal midway through the period, and NAU wasn't going to come back from it. You could tell that you know the attitudes changed a little bit after that goal. So I think if NAU, I, I think if anyone can contend with Northern Colorado, it is NAU.
0: Yeah, I I would agree. I think um, looking at that that sort of the, the way the bracket's set up they wouldn 't play Northern Colorado until the championship match mm. that is if both teams were to make it. Northern Colorado only needs to win one match in order to make the championship. they would have to play the winner of the uh, match between the four seed Weaver State and the five seed Idaho, which should be a good match we 've obviously talked about Weaver State and how they were in the lead in the, in the standings for quite a while uh, but C- Kristen, you know we talked about it last week, and yep they the th- they're the three seed uh, uh, what are your what are your expectations for this tournament and uh sort of uh, How do you, where does, I don't know how I'm trying to say this, but (laughs) you know, where do you see any sort of stacking up among these teams?
1: You know, I don't think in these last few games, anyone is surprised that they got the third seed. I think it's like Will said, great that they even made it this far. Looking if we were looking at it from the first four weeks of the season alone. Um, So I think, I think it's a good thing they got the third seed. I don't think they are competitive enough to be the first or second to be honest I think the third seed fits them I think even fourth would have fit them but I think they have been a little more aggressive on the field in a very offensive way which is great for the team I think players that we have kind of been shyer on the field this season are starting to come out starting to show more potential Um, I know we talked about last week I believe how Maddie Schaefer is becoming a big name on the NEU soccer team. She's kind of stepping into that leadership role as Madison Montgomery is finishing her time with the Lumberjacks, which is great to see because you want to see those younger players start having the potential early so that NEU fans know that this team has a future. Mm-hmm. And I think looking at the tournament, I think, like Will said, you should be scared looking at any u's team. They're a feisty team. They have a drilled-in mindset right now. Um, last week, they got a couple days off of practice. We know that. To kind of regain momentum and mindset, try to regroup. But I think since those days off, they've been working. They've been getting ready to play in this tournament. And I think that depending on how this first game goes, if they hit the field, take the ground running then and score early. I think they could push themselves to potentially the final.
3: Mm-hmm. The, just to give you an idea that every team in this tournament right, mm-hmm. I think the biggest scare for NAU is Idaho because Idaho cl- stacks up really well against them yeah. just based on where their talent lies. Outside of that, they lost NAU lost to Montana 1-0 on what I think a lot of NAU fans would call a fluke goal.
0: Not just any fans, but any players as well. Yeah, I, I'll get into that. Yeah, in a
3: little bit. Uh, and Natalie Manzo knows she's better than the goal that she let in, and that. So you're one fluke, go- fluke shot away from beating Montana, who mm-hmm. you're going to have to see in the semifinals if you you know do advance. And then outside of that, Northern Colorado, like I said, that game does the score line doesn't necessarily reflect the way the game went early on obviously beat Weaver State, beat Sac State, and then there's Idaho. Yeah. I'd, I'd say Idaho's the scariest team for NAU in this tournament, where if you see them, you have to you have to make some real adjustments, whereas with the Northern Colorado and Montanas of the world, you know that your team has a has the right people to stack up and give them a game.
0: Yeah, and I, I personally think it's going to be a little hard to see that matchup. They would have to, again, meet up in the finals in both teams. Would have to win two games in order to get there, and they'd have to go through Montana and Northern Colorado. um But like I said, I, you know, talking, I got a chance to talk to uh, a few of the players and coach uh, Kylie Low uh, for a preview that just went up, Field Lumberjack, about the tournament. Um, and they said that they were very content with getting the three seed. They knew that what the implications were going into that final weekend of they needed to win out, and they needed to hope that Weber State lost and they get that three seed. um I asked them, you know, is Sacramento State that matchup they want to see and I, specifically in Madison Montgomery's case, she said yes. Yeah, she wanted to play against Sacramento State because of how well they played in that second half, neutralizing them to only I believe it was four shots uh, in the second half and only one shot in both overtimes. Um, I know an, a few of the players wanted to play against Idaho to sort of you know redeem themselves after that three to one loss. But I think what they what the real thing they wanted to go for they wanted to be in Montana's side of the bracket. Yeah, there is I getting the chance <clears throat> to talk to uh, Madison Montgomery and uh, Riley Mitchell as well. They want to play montana because there is some it's i wouldn't say goes far to say bad, bad blood there is a huge rivalry there uh i think uh it's certainly gotten into a little bit a little bit personal in terms of the, those two teams of course we remember last year they got they matched up in the finals they didn't get to play because and you had COVID protocol and it, of course like you mentioned that uh that one fluke goal that went in between Mandel's legs uh where that montana uh ended up getting the win on mm-hmm. They both. This team wants Montana, and they want them really bad. Yeah. Montgomery went as far as to say that, "Hey, we have it go- It runs deep. There's bad blood with specific players mm-hmm. on the team, mm-hmm. um, and went on to name said players, which yes. we won't get into. I won't get into, but mm-hmm. she didn't name. Not name drop She number dropped yeah. a jersey uh, for that player. Uh, so yeah, they want Montana. I think that uh, looking at how that rivalry has gone, going far back um into this this senior class of sophomore year obviously i think uh they have problems with their coaches as well it runs very deep i go into a little bit of it in this big sky uh, tournament preview that came out just right now for the lumberjack uh, You can you can watch that you can take a read there on jackson.org but I, uh, before we kind of shift topics i did want to bring up this the all big sky conference teams came out today earlier this morning and i have a bone to pick I have a bone to pick on this No Bones Day. I I know,
1: I know exactly what this. I is thought be I was about. gonna
3: have a bones bone to pick when these came out, and I don't. You, you don't. don't. I I thought so, I Mikael Johnson. I I I okay. thank God she made it yes. because she deserves it.
0: Yeah. So I'll get into him. Uh. So none of the, no one on any of you made the first team. Of course. Uh, MVP of the league is not by no surprise Lexi Pulley of Northern Colorado. She leads uh the league by four in goals uh, uh there. So she made the first team in uh first team for forwards. But going into NEU, Sam Larberg made the All-Big Sky second team for forwards, so congratulations to her. Mikhail Johnson, as you mentioned, Will, she made All-Big Sky second team as a midfielder. No one no one on the third team. Madison Montgomery only got All-Big Sky honorable mention for a forward position, and Abby Donathan got All-Big Sky honorable mention for defender. There, How in the world is Madison Montgomery only a moder- uh, an honorable mention? That, to me, is, I think, a crime against humanity, Madison Montgomery, I think she was the second best player. I think she should have been second runner up to Lexi Pulley in the MVP conversation. She led the league in shots. She led the league on shots on goal. Uh, she was tied for second and the three was tied for second in goals, of course behind Lexi Pulley. And yet, and she was co MVP of the league last season. How in the world is she only an honorable mention? Well,
3: so, so here's my thoughts. Yes, I, I was thinking about this because you and I did have this conversation earlier. Mm. I think the fact that Montgomery started the season off pretty slowly and sure. by her standards we can all admit that sure. really got has gotten going these last couple games since the Montana game or the Northern Colorado game that's where I think the voting comes from because she's been spectacular in the second half of the season but I think a lot of people already had her written off by the time the mm-hmm. by the time we got to the midway point of the Big Sky season and frankly I do I do disagree with that, but that's what my most likely bet is as to what happened.
0: I mean, she should at least be second team. I know that the first team roster forward is very stacked. Lexi Pulley, Taylor Bray, also from Northern Colorado, uh, Taylor Stoker from Montana, all had great seasons. But I don't understand how she can be—as how as, as much as Larberg has been great for the season— I would say Montgomery had still has had a better year than Samberg.
3: I, I, I disagree. I think Larberg is really? way more important to the NAU attack than Montgomery okay. is. Interesting. Just um, wa- just based on watching recent games, I think Larberg sure. brings a lot of energy to that she, front three.
0: Yeah, and I, I agree. But I, I think you can still tell that Montgomery is the the glue to that team. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Montgomery she led the league in, in, in shots. She had sixty one shots as opposed to Lexi Pulley's uh, fifty five. She had forty one shots on goals compared to Lexi Pulley's thirty four. Uh she was in a three-way tie, uh, four uh goals, and the two players she are t- she's tied with also made the fir- the first team, Taylor Bray uh and Taylor Stoger. Uh and she's also second in assists, uh, mind you. Actually, she's she's tied for first in assists. However, uh Taylor Hanson of Montana played one less game, therefore she gets the nod there. But she was tied for six uh, tied for first with six assists uh in the big sky to lead it there. To me, I don't see how you can keep her off any of these teams, and you know you can argue, you can argue for a second, third, but to only be an honorable mention.
3: Yeah, well, it is only the first two, right? Yeah, right. There are only the two teams, so. right?
0: I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed a little a bit odd to me. Uh, I, like I said, I don't think it's a, obviously not a huge deal. I think the goal for this team is to win a championship. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing that this team. I'm sure that's the thing that. that I don't think Monty out. cares. Knowing right. Monty, I don't think Monty cares. And anything it can be, she it's a huge chip on her shoulder that she can use. You know, going into the tournament, she can she can absolutely be an alternate. They make the tournament team mm-hmm. as she did last season. Yeah. All right. Well, of course, we'll have all that coverage for you for uh, the Big Sky soccer tournament. Of course, like I said, Wednesday at 10 a.m. local. It'll be 11 a.m. Greeley time where they're playing, but it'll be 10 a.m. here in Flagstaff. That game you can watch on ESPN Plus. The number three seed in Northern uh, Arizona takes on the number six seed Sacramento State. Winner of that takes on the University of Montana in the semifinals. There. Uh, stay tuned for the, on the lumberjack for updates there. It is it's looking to be a great, great Big Sky tournament, and we'll obviously have all those updates for you there. All right, very quickly, there was an event that happened on uh, on campus here at NEU uh, for the start of the uh, NEU basketball season, which is set to go underway for the men at the end of next week and the women uh, at the very beginning of the following week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was late night madness, which happened on Thursday. Unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to go <laughs> go to the entire event because I was covering the NEU volleyball game against Eastern Washington, but. Both Kristen and Will got a chance to to sort of partake in the festivities. Uh, so I'll, I'll I'll ask you two: How how was the event, and you know how big of it was was it to have this event leading into the season?
1: You know, I think I think the event brought in good energy for the players. Mm-hmm. I said, well, why it was directed towards fans? I think it meant more to the players, honestly, to see fans come out and want to see them want to show support so I think I mean looking at the men's basketball team that was there they were constantly interacting with different people joking around having a fun time on the court their scrimmage went off great they're competitive during it without but also just like in a fun way I think the women's team while they didn't have a scrimmage they were there supporting fans that were doing dunk contests tic-tac-toe the women's team was there showing support so that fans know not only does the women's basketball team want support, they're willing to support their fans. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a big thing for any athletics to hold that event. Honestly, it's something that we haven't seen any athletics do before. It was kind of a new idea brought in from other schools, because a lot of other schools tend to do this event. I know I'm pretty sure ASU is getting ready to do it mm-hmm. this week.
3: GCU is doing it this week.
1: GCU. So I think it. Was an interesting idea on Any Athletics part. I think, while not as many people showed up as pe- Any Athletics hoped, I think it was still a great turnout, honestly. And the environment and energy was very high in roll.
3: I'd like to echo everything Kristen said, <laughs> minus one thing. Whoa. I could have done without the dunk contest.
1: You know, the, the winner of the yeah. dunk
3: contest ended being the one ended up being the one guy in the crowd who could dunk.
1: It was it was an interesting dunk contest. Nobody. Could dunk, really, um, except the one, do that one. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great effort in the dunk contest. There there was some great effort. (laughs)
3: But I, but I, I, I don't watch NAU Athletics for the effort. I watch it for the high quality. Yes. And, you know. It was uh it, otherwise it was an entertaining night and especially I'd like to echo what you were saying about the women's basketball mm-hmm. team energy. My goodness, that was a scary group <laughs> to watch during the tic tac toe. Oh, oh, they were running on the It court. got competitive.
0: Ooh, that's what I like to see. It's like I'll, I'll, then I'll we'll talk a little bit about football here, like NFL football. I remember that's the story about Nick Sirianni playing rock paper scissors mm-hmm. uh with, you know, Prince of draft prospects. It's kind of those little things were like, you know, they're super excited about this one thing that may seem, you know, not, you know, not important, like tic-tac-toe, but keeping that same energy, you know, having that energy be high going into the season, I think is very huge um, for sure. We, I think that we all of us here have some pretty big expectations for us, particularly the women's team mm-hmm. with all their returning seniors. Of course, the extra year of eligibility, um, Kyrie Rasheed making uh, an all big sky first team, mm-hmm. uh, not for the second year in a row. It's certainly going to be a great thing to see. And once again, we'll be covering all of that for you here. The men's season does start at the end of next week. I believe that's November 9th uh, against the University of Arizona. And then the women's team will be starting up, I believe, the following Tuesday, if I'm not wrong. Of course, be on the lookout for any updates on the lumberjack as well as any athletics. But unless anyone has anything else to say about the uh, exciting basketball season that's going to come up and underway, let's round out the show with uh, one of my favorite segments, that being the axe attack where I run down the, the schedule for Northern Arizona University Sports uh, and get it to you all here. Starting off, uh, going on to Wednesday, we talked about it a, t- a ton. You probably don't need me to, t- to say it anymore. Women's soccer, NEU taking on Sacramento State. First round of the Big Sky Conference Tournament. That'll be at 10 a.m. MST on ESPN+. Be on the lookout for that. Winner takes on uh, Montana on the on Friday at the same time. Uh, going on to Thursday, NEU Volleyball returns to home. Uh, after after a weekend on the road, they'll be taking on Southern Utah in a rematch that'll be in Roll Activity Center at 6:30 p.m. Be on be on the lookout for that. Uh, there, like I mentioned, if any U wins soccer on Wednesday, they will play Friday against Montana. Going on to Sunday, it's a pretty big one. Uh, Women's swim is in New Mexico, or is going up against New Mexico here in Flagstaff. That'll be at 10:30 uh, a.m. MST. Uh, football, any football, we take on taking on the number eight seed UC Davis Aggies here. In in Flagstaff at the J Lawrence, uh, walk of Skydome. That'll be at 1 p.m. Uh, local time. A huge game if NEU wants to continue its playoff hopes. And then following that at the very, uh, immediate, almost immediately after that game, it is senior night for the NEU volleyball team. Uh, that'll be on Saturday in Flagstaff at 6 p.m. Uh, we've got a, a, a trio of seniors that'll be honored at that uh, on that night. Ryan Davis, who has played a big part in this year, among them uh, there. So it'll be super interesting to see and I'm sure it'll be an emotional game for, for those as well. That'll that'll be up against the Sacramento State Hornets, who, like I've said, are, I've been on a huge run of late beating Weber State uh, just this past weekend. And finally, going on to uh, Sunday, Women's Tennis is competing in the ITA Fall Nationals in San Diego, California, as they ramp up uh, the ITA season and if, as to prepare for the Big size season that'll get underway next semester. And with that... That That is going to do it for this episode of The Axe on KLJX LP in Flagstaff. You were listening to 107.1 FM radio. Uh, for Brendan and Kristen, uh, thank you all so much for listening. Will, where can people find you if they want to listen to more, hear more of your beautiful voice and your beautiful words?
3: <laughs> you can listen to me more on KJAC radio, KJAC sports broadcast, as well as reading my beautiful words on the Lumberjacks website. Yeah, go check it out. I got a profile on Madison Montgomery coming up this week.
0: Absolutely. That's a big one there. Of course, as I mentioned, I'll have a preview of the uh, men's basketball season. We'll also have a women's basketball preview come out uh, next week as that season gets underway. And, of course, as I mentioned, uh, a preview for the uh, Big Sky Soccer Tournament just went up live on jackcentral.org. Be sure to to give that a read, get you all up to speed for the tournament coming up starting on Wednesday. And with that, thank you all so much for listening in. We'll be back next week at at the same time for more NU sports and more NU sport updates.